Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Pit or to the Four Corners podcast on the Pit Podcast Network. I got myself tongue tied after all these episodes on the intro. I guess it was bound to happen sooner or later. My name is Shad. I'm here tonight with Matt and Brad. How are you guys doing? How's it going, folks? I am doing good. Excellent. Now, we want to get the word out because we are trying to let people know that we have, we're trying to build our social media presence. We're trying to get it out there. So we have a Facebook presence, right, Brad? Yep. You can follow us at the Four Corners Podcast. Well, I guess like our page. It is the number four, and then corners is one word, podcast. Give us a like. You can also leave comments, and um, we will see it and respond if uh, you do. And you could also email us, uh, pitpodcast25 at gmail.com. And we have a Twitter presence, too. That's right, We are on the Twitters, uh, as the kids call it, the Twitters. <laughs> uh, we are on Twitter at Podcast Four Corners. That's capital P in podcast, the number four in corners, Podcast Four Corners. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Listen to, uh, well, read whatever we're posting on the Twitter page. Uh, converse with us. Uh, have some discussions about all the things going on in wrestling today. We can talk about the uh, the podcast episodes, everything, and all the above. Send us uh, DMs. Our DMs are open. Uh, feel free to just uh, follow us, talk to us. We would love to hear from you guys. And when the DMs are open, that also means that we make reference to somebody. We try and tag someone very important to us. Who would that be, Matt? That would be Epico Cologne, and let me tell you something. I would squeal with glee if I got a DM from Epico Cologne. That would be amazing. I think uh, I think all three of us might might uh, have a form of squee in that, right? Yes. Right, and and you know, Shad, one thing that I would love to hear from Epico about in that DM is what his favorite wrestling theme songs are. Res- well, how about that? How about that? How about that segue? Man, that's such a great segue. It's like you knew what was coming. It was seamless. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Here we go. I'm sorry. Is that the greatest wrestling theme song of all time I hear? Yes, it is. That's not Epico's. Well, we have to start with a bang. I suppose we do. Amazing. For people who are longtime listeners, like I want, we need to form a drinking game for <laughs> all of these. Uh, take take two shots whenever you hear "Oddities" by ICP. I think I think at some point, Matt, we're gonna have to have a Ron and Fez episode, or at least this we'll segment, do an entire or a segment yeah. of an episode devoted to the greatest radio show of all time. Well. I think we'll get in, get into that on down the line. Um, now that we have two of the top uh, theme songs out of the way, that being Epico Clones and the <laughs> the Oddities, we're going to talk a little bit about theme music that we think is some of the best. Now, it might just be that we are seeing this as some of uh, some of our favorite theme music as opposed to quote unquote objectively the best or it might just be this is the best and you can deal with <laughs> well 
<clears throat> there's very few that I think we could get away with on that. But, hey, let us know what you think. And with that being said, we want to get started with our lists about the what we think the best theme music is. And Brad, I'm going to ask you to start us off tonight. What what do you think is on your list? Oh, God damn it. I hate what I do. <laughs> this show is rated PG-13. So I think this is a pretty easy one to pick. Hands down. Yeah. So I've always had a soft spot for that one. I actually think that's the same guy that does Hogan's music. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Um, Rick Derringer, I think. Rick Derringer did Demolition. What? Yeah, I think he did a bunch of those back in the day. You know, that's a weird one too because I think I think uh, Bill Eady actually owns that music. Really. <laughs> Yeah, because you see, they use it on indie shows, and for a while, the WWE wasn't using it, but they've been using it again. Hmm. I always loved this theme song, because you knew that there was going to be some some crazy stuff that was going to happen. You're going to see big dudes just stiffen the, the crap out of each other. Well, I mean, they lay it out pretty clearly. Yeah. Here comes the axe. So, you know, and it's got a nice beat to it as well. Um, it's got got kind of a nice um, marching beat that goes with it. That's that's you know just feels like it's got some power in it, right? It's very of its era too. It really takes you to that late '80s. Time oh yeah oh yeah that's that's very 80s yeah absolutely well <clears throat> let's see here matt who would you have on as your next uh entry on the list uh i'm gonna go with one that's uh perhaps slightly unconventional but it's uh it's also from the 80s uh and this person actually wasn't they weren't a a, a wrestler per se but uh, here, let me let me just play it for you. At least the the first few seconds. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Show of hands. Who does not love this song? Who does the Akeem thing <laughs> when they hear this? <laughs> oh, oh, me absolutely. Yes. <laughs> you gotta get to the. <laughs> you know what the best part about this video? Hold on, I mean, he's. I'm getting. I was waiting for him to it say. It sent race relations Jackson, back by about three decades in the United oh, States. Oh, it is. For oh, those man. of you, this is, uh, of course, Jive Soul Bro, uh, the theme song for Slick, from uh, the Pile Driver album. For those who have never seen the video for this, it's easily available <laughs> on YouTube, and it is a sight to see. Uh, I can't believe they could never get away with something like this in no. the modern era. It is a, uh, it is something to see. It's amazing though. And who lo- I, Brad, I absolutely do the Akeem hand motions yes. and dance. Yes. <laughs> I hear this. We talked about, we talked about Chikara 
last um, last episode. But one of my favorite memories from Chikara of all time is Larry Sweeney um, challenging the one-man gang to a dance-off. And then he has uh, this music play. And a guy was cosplaying as Akeem in the crowd, so one-man gang takes his hat and starts doing the Akeem dance in response. It's what, it is probably my favorite Chikara memory of all time. Wow. Rip sweet and sour, by the way. Man, that's that goes back, doesn't it? Okay, wow. Let's see, what can I have that might measure up to that? That comes out of that, because I'm I'm turning my eye towards that era. What do I have in that that might come close to it? I think the best thing I can come with on my list, which is late '80s, early '90s, was the music for the Steiner Brothers. Um, which got you, you know, pumped up, told you who you were going to see, uh, also a product of its time. The story of two brothers, Rick and Scott, I believe was one of the lyrics, and the statement that things were going to be Steinerized. Did they use that <laughs> in, in the, the 80s and in 90s? I thought they did. It may, It might have come later, but I thought... If I'm if I'm wrong, then that's that's still I'm still counting that as one of my. There we go. Yeah, I remember this one. This is a good uh, introductory one. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Jimmy Hart uh, had a hand in this at all. That would I would totally believe that with the the vocals we're hearing that that would be a Jimmy Hart thing. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, I also liked when they came out to like the Michigan band music in WWF. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I always thought that was a unique little touch. And um, I think it was like, well, like, like what, uh, what JR did, you know, because he always came out to the, uh, the Oklahoma State fight song. Yeah. So similar kind of thing. Okay. It's it's good, and I, I don't think I ever heard anyone being proclaimed as being Steinerized, but it sure stuck in my memory. Yep. So I'm going to have to break us out of our... our um, I'm going to have to break us out of our 80s with uh, something from the 90s. And I think this uh-huh. is the best... W, uh, well, best oh, yeah. music of all time. Yeah, that's that's a good pick. And I think this might also be the best entrance of all time. Is the the stage catching on fire and um, them the ring of fire yeah. and rising up through it. They really could have done more with him, but his uh, gut plopped out on TV, and Vince went ew, and then his push was gone. <laughs> Well, let's be honest. Gangrel was never the—he was never the workhorse of this of his group. You know, he was—he was kind of more the the figurehead leader on it. It's but it's crazy to watch old footage and seeing him pop up as like a job guy in like '88 and '89. He didn't have the fangs yet, then no. did he? Though, okay. 
So that was that was the entrance music of Gangrel and the Brood. Yep. Yeah, yeah that was always actually a favorite of mine. Like I actually loved that that theme song. It sounded so like sinister. Yeah. Oh, it was. I remember back oh. uh, like in the late like early 2000s like uh when when i would buy uh whatever the smackdown game was currently out uh i would always have like his music (laughs) as like the the ring entrance music for my guy because it sounded so so damn like evil and intimidating right yeah Yeah. so anyone anyone who i was like had created as a creator wrestler as a heel i would just throw that music on there now, I'm going to give you a little bit of trivia. I had, because I had um, WWF, The Music, Volume 2, Volume 3, and Volume 4. I think that one was on Volume 3. If you put that in your CD player, which stood for Compact Disc, they were like shiny DVDs that cost $20 and only had 10 songs on them. But if you put that in and then played backwards the whispering part at the beginning, I read about this online and then I tried it myself and it sure sounded like it to me. It sounds like that what is being said in those whispers at the beginning in reverse is balls, hairy balls. I like hairy balls. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's an amazing Easter egg. Yeah, I, I kind of stumbled upon that on that bastion of reporting, lordsofpain.net. Nice. I think I had volumes one through four or five. I remember I got that big set they did of like all the classic stuff, and that was the last one I bought. Um, I went through... I made the mistake of buying, without realizing it, of buying one of the knockoff versions oh, where people suck. did crappy covers. Yeah. Oh, I'm so mad. That, was, that pissed me off when ECW did their first, like, ECW the music, and they didn't cop for, like, the actual real songs. They just, it was shitty knockoffs of everything. Yeah. I made myself keep that album, though, as a lesson of pay attention to what you're buying. Yeah. But uh, I was pretty pissed about that. I was I was pretty upset. I know. I think media play back in the day was where I got all my like wrestling. Um, Are CDs. you telling me you didn't go through real one player? No. <laughs> what was the what was the mail order CD one? That wasn't Columbia House because that was. Oh, I thought it was Columbia House. Maybe it was. Yeah, you might be right. Where you can get, uh, like, 20 CDs for a penny. Yeah, and then you had to, like, you had to deal with, like, a year of them, like, the monthly one and sending the card back, or they'd charge you and send you... Yeah, and and they're like, oh, buy, like, you know, 10 CDs over the course of the next year or something. And each CD, when they factored in, like, shipping and handling was, like, $58. (laughs) It's like, I could have just gone to... Sam Goody or something and got there, the same thing. The VHS was better though because VHS, like for those of you too young to remember VHS, VHS was expensive. Yeah. yeah. Like VHS used to be like 60 bucks for like a movie. Oof. Yeah. God bless Mr. Rogers, right? Yeah. Okay. Next, I'm going to go, 
I'm going to go to what I will contend, and I I don't think anyone will disagree with this, but I, unfortunately I think I'll have to fight anybody who disagrees with me on it. One of the greatest entrance themes of all time is none other than Stone Cold Steve Austin. The glass shatters, the riff hits, the, you know, here he comes. You've got the siren going in the background, and it's just, you know, you know, as Austin would say, when you hear the glass, that's your ass. And everybody knew exactly what it was. And there was there was nothing that brought a crowd to its feet like that during Austin's peak. I, it was just unreal. I liked when they would put those special entrances up for Mania and like the glass would actually shatter. And it also mm, yeah. it also had a very good um disturbed version that they, that he came out to for a brief while. Yes, I really enjoyed the disturbed version. You know that theme song has exactly what you want in that it has like a, a very distinct sound at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever that glass would shatter, whenever you heard that distinct sound, like the entire arena would just like erupt. Yes. Yeah. And I remember, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know now, but I, I was at a, when I was at WrestleMania in Dallas, when he was, uh, he was there again, like the glass, the theme music came on, the glass shattered, and the entire arena just went crazy. It's like oh, it yeah. still it still pops a crowd. It's it's got this great distinct opening, so you know who it is from the first moment. It's got this like driving beat behind it of you know, hell yeah, this stuff's going down. And for a long, long time, WWE was trying to replicate that sort of opening beat recognition thing um which i'll touch back on with another one of my picks later but i will contend one of the best entrance themes of all time i would agree with that Mm -hmm. okay so who's got one they want to bring up next that you feel strongly about i got one if uh, matt doesn't have one queued up uh, I have one queued up. Okay, go for it. Uh, here we go. Here's a here's a really great uh, theme song. Hold on. <laughs> it's high voltage, guys. Yes, it's high voltage, guys. God. That's obviously a joke, Vic. Uh, <laughs> hey, that wasn't that wasn't a terrible one for like a job like a job team. You know, again, going with like what something distinct, like they did have a distinct like opening thing. It's just no one really cared about high voltage. So you know, the only the only thing I remember about them is um, the fall brawl ad one year was like, "It's time for rage in a cage." Oh man, I don't remember that one. I think it was ninety seven or ninety eight. I do have a, a real one though. Okay. Uh, high voltage was just the joke one. Um, this is something that uh, this this worker no longer uses this um, song, but I actually love the song to the point where I will sometimes just listen to it just naturally. Uh-huh. Um, it is Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. 
and then it goes right into like the vaguely and I remember um, you guys have probably seen it but when he actually made his main roster debut and they had the actual live like violin playing yes um, tremendous and the crowd was like going crazy because they obviously knew who was coming out based upon their exposure to him in NXT Um, and it just it was such a big deal when when they did that and They've changed his music now since he's he's turned heel, so I, I kind of miss the original one. But I've always loved that theme. That theme is just a great instrumental song, yeah. and it, it I love it. Like I I absolutely I think that's uh in terms of like modern theme songs, I think that's like a classic for the modern. I one. Yeah, absolutely agree. I will admit, with no shame in my voice at all, that there have been times when I've been driving around. In my large size SUV with the brush guard on the front, blasting that out the windows. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, and I, I honestly think it's a stroke of genius to have him now that he's a heel, having changed his music up to be very different, because it it pisses people off because they're like, I like the other one better. And Nakamura's like, that's too bad because I'm not going to play it. Yeah, that which fits with Nakamura's attitude right now. <laughs> Um, I also have a modern one. It's not a worker I've particularly enjoyed until the last couple years, but I always thought it was kind of uh, more of a unique sound, and it fit his character pretty well. So... So I always enjoyed this one as far as a different theme from the typical thing they go for. So, uh, okay, for those of us not familiar, that was Seamus's music before he went into the bar. Oh, okay. Seamus's music, yeah. Well, you see it with the bar stuff; it's got that great open to it. The I, with the bagpipes and the drums and stuff. That's I got got to tell you from from somewhere down in my partially Celtic heart. That just like. <clears throat> makes me want to pick up a, a weapon and run into the yard to go to war with somebody. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think the bar is interesting um, with Seamus because it is really like this tale of him redeeming himself to a lot of fans and becoming like a really great presence on the screen. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I would yeah. agree. I, I was a guy who's, who's not been a fan of Seamus. Um, but I actually do enjoy him in the bar. I think that's a great use for him. I'm in the same boat. I was not a fan of Seamus because his, you know, his big initial push left a bad taste in my mouth with the, you know, accidentally beating John Cena and getting the world title out of it during Cena's super push. Uh, So I was really kind of turned off by that but the bar has really brought that back around for me yeah so so i'm gonna take shad i'm gonna take a wild guess at one of the ones that are gonna be on your list or might be on your list and i hope this Uh uh-oh (laughs) 
Would I have guessed accurately? Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, That is a case where the entrance remix or or rearrangement of it is, I think, better than the original album version of it. So, um, my... That's Edges, that was used by Edge, that was Metal Linguist by Alter Bridge. So, my, I think my lasting memory of that's always gonna be when he cashed in on John Cena. Um, yeah. Was that, that, that hit? He had, like, the flashing lights that go with it, and, then, and everybody's head whips towards Yeah, and he's just, like... He's like coming down the ring. He's like, he's like, it's mine. Like I'm taking it home with me. And like, there's just a blood, like a bloody passed out Cena in the middle of the ring. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, well, I mean, that really kind of set the tone for money in the bank use too, didn't it? it they've never had as good a cash in except maybe Dolph Ziggler on Alberto. Right. But I mean, yeah, the music just, Edge came back with that, and I really, really enjoyed it. Now, my question, Brad, is that one of your picks, or one count as one of my picks? No, I was just taking a wild guess. I also want to say, like the Austin thing, it has that good um, opening riff that really catches the crowd. Oh, yeah, it's got that opening hook that just brings you right in. Yeah. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, actually bring out one that's not quite as um, quite as high profile, but I still believe is a really strong pick, which, <clears throat> give me just a second, I'm having to coordinate here because with my setup, I can't play the music. I'm just playing them it. on my cell phone. So. Yeah. That's how I'm doing it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sean, I, think I, got, I think I got your pick. All right, go for it. I forgot about this theme. This is actually a really good theme. Yeah, man. This is Gold Dusts. And there's so many pieces to it that I like. Again, it's it's got that because we've just been talking about it. It's got this it's not necessarily an opening hook, but an opening section that really you know what's going to happen before it launches into the main part of it. And it actually does kind of have a melody to it. So you go into that you go into that melody and it you know, it just it fit the character like a glove. That was some of Jim Johnson's best work, I'm convinced. I liked how you know, it's, I liked how ahead, sorry. I liked how on the TV when that music would hit, it would go widescreen. Oh, like oh, a letterbox? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. It's, you know what? He was, since he was playing a, a heel, like, it worked, but it, it was, if you listen to it, especially when, like, the, the instrumental part comes on, it's, it's also, like, a sinister type of theme, like, really kind of dark, which fit his character, because when he first debuted, he was, uh, kind of like a very odd, like, dark character. Sure. Yeah. It, 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 I think it absolutely fit. It was, it still is. Yeah. You know, even all this time later, um, 
it's still a good fit. Absolutely. Matt, who do you have uh, as, a, I, as another? I have one that I'll play in a second that's really like a classic. Um, so classic at this point that it's almost like cliche to pick it, but I'm going to pick it. Um, before that, can I do an honorable mention? Yeah. It's uh, this is a this is actually a sad honorable mention. Okay. Because it's actually what I would consider a good song, but given the circumstances, uh, the band who created it uh, basically has said that they're not going to perform it live. Oh yeah. It's uh, it's whatever by Our Lady Peace. That is an excellent choice. There's a bit of a like intro to this, but I'll kind of talk over it as it start as a load sure. up. But is this for those who, last theme? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, it's uh, obviously very unfortunate now, <laughs> but uh, I always thought this was a great song and. Uh, kind of a personal detail. My sister-in-law is a huge Our Lady Peace fan. It's like her favorite band of all time. Uh, she's seen them like multiple times, and I again, like, I don't believe that they play this song live anymore. Cause they were they're as disturbed by what happened as everyone else. But it's a it's actually a great song. Like if you listen to any Our Lady Peace uh, compilations, it's usually kind of included. So they don't they're not like they've had have had memory hold the fact that they did the song. Yeah, you just don't draw attention to it. But uh, the actual pick that I'll choose um, <clears throat> again, everyone knows this song, but I'm going to include it because it's been a, a big part of things in uh, in wrestling for the last like twenty something years. Yeah, hold on, hold There we go. Okay. I forgot that these songs had some intros. Like, let's yeah, play them on yeah. the iTunes. Yeah. Oh, there's like a lot of. Uh... Oh, you've got a. You've I got probably a weird got an version. album version. What's, oh, I got an album version. What's this one? Yeah. Gonna be. <laughs> oh, this is oh. like some weird. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah, is like that's... a hard. Is this off did that? Is Lenny? this off did that? They... Um... Remember when they did that weird like um remember when they did that weird hip hop album like with all the hip hop versions of their their entrance themes? I don't recall this. Uh, the only thing I remember it, from that is that it worked for the Dudleys and nobody else. I think they kept the Dudley one. Yeah. Let me try this again. Yeah, that sounds that sounds more right. Still with an intro. Yeah. No chance. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. The Mr. McMahon or McMahon family theme song. Yes. I remember this from um the first WWF game for N sixty four because they would do like crappy versions of their Titan Trons and this one stuck out in my head of like Shane like pumping his fist in the air or something. <laughs> My favorite thing that goes with this song is Vince's weird, like, toes pointed at 45-degree angle, arm-pumping strut. I get such a big kick out of, of... 
I'll even do that sometimes if I'm trying to crack somebody up because it's just such a so full of himself strut. Yep. What's that, guys? I think I hear the mayor of Knoxville coming. <gasps> oh yeah, this <laughs> fucker has a <laughs> technical difficulties. I forgot this has like a twenty-second intro. Oh really? I still think it was great that he played uh, that he played this when he was going up. <clears throat> I think it's by far his best of his um, his entrance musics over the years. Oh, I would agree. Do you guys remember the whole um, <laughs> marrying? Lita angle? No, oh. I don't. When they had, when they had I the thought about uh, that the other day. When they, so you don't recall that when this was uh, oh, I God. think he's saying he successfully forgot it. Uh, this well, might have been. This, this might have been when I wasn't. What year was this? Do you remember? Oh God, I don't know. This no, this was man. this was worth forgetting. To be yeah, honest with you, really, I remember he's sitting at this table, and Matt Hardy's all pissed off, and Kane gives this just so overwrought delivery, but he buys it so much I can't be mad. He goes, it will be a lover or leave her match. <laughs> okay, I think I remember this. And it was like, whoa. It was uh, it was like, it was years ago. It was like uh, not long after Kane unmasked, but there was the angle where he was marrying Lita. Um, the only, I only bring it up to, to note that uh, at that time, they did like this. They were getting married on Raw, and as Kane was coming out, they played this like weird instrumental version of that theme, and it yeah. was actually kind of amazing. You know, thinking about you, you guys talking about this, Lita really got around the WWE roster on screen over the years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even started with Sa Rios. I mean, even even uh, Ric Flair wanted a taste at that one point before Edge. Uh, Smashed his head in with a chair. <laughs> well, I can understand Edge being <laughs> a little possessive, I guess. Do you remember that? It's right after he won the title and they were doing that stupid... Um... The celebration in the middle of the yeah, ring? Yeah, and Flair came out. Yeah, that was and dumb. And Flair won a little, uh, I guess, man-on-man-on-woman uh, action. It, that whole angle was so stupid. It was. That was the the um the thing with them in the bed was probably one of the most tasteless things I think they uh they did over the years. Yeah, it, it was it was really stupid. It was yeah, it, it was really stupid. Okay. I think I remember her in a wedding dress now. Oh, this, that Kane stuff's coming back in a bad flashback. Okay, we're going to get off that topic real quick. I'm going to shift <laughs> gears so hard you're going to forget. Because I'm going to go back. I'm going to try this. And you guys are going to have to tell me how it works. But I'm going to go to the WCW Cruiserweight division. Ooh. Juventud Guerrero. I loved that because in a division where nobody had music that you can tell who in the hell it was supposed to be, you knew when it was Juventud. 
and it had this high. It, first of all, it as a luchador, Juventud had the you know it it kind of went with that flavor that American Southwest Mexico flavor going on with the mariachi feel to it, and then it was also this high energy thing which also fit for him. I thought it was a great, great, um, great uh, theme, especially in you know. The, the notable guys in the division, like, you know, Rey Mysterio had, for the longest time, just a god-awful, bland theme. And yet, Hooventude had that, and I thought it was great. I'm going to go a little off the reservation for the next one. Uh-oh. It's still WWE, Uh-oh. but... Ah, uh, damn ads. <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't get blasted with one of those before it. Stand back! There's a hurricane coming through! You know, I have his mask hanging two feet to my left right now. His uh, Royal Rumble entrance was really great this year. Cena's reaction to him, like, coming back was tremendous. Mmm. I want to go back and watch that now. His um, I enjoyed the hurricane because it was fun. And his feud with The Rock was probably one of the most forgotten yet amazing feuds ever. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. And then Triple H screwed it all up afterwards. <sighs> yep. But my, my, favorite, my favorite part of that feud is The Rock coming into the locker room. I think he wants to get in his bag and he like opens the curtain to his locker and the hurricane's just sitting there, and he just slowly like closes the curtain back <laughs> over him. And I believe the follow-up line to that is, "While I was sitting here, I couldn't couldn't help but see that the Scorpion King has a small ding-a-ling," and that led to the Rock doing that "Whoa, big fellow!" where he slaps the side of his leg and like lifts it up and shakes it. But he did that for that entire run back. And what, what I liked about that is. The Rock actually let him get the last line and like let him zing him back just as good as he was giving, which was wasn't normal for The Rock at all times. It's funny because, well, first of all, The Rock was bulletproof. He let the Hurricane make. He was willing to be the insecure heel about that, right? With this, the 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 Hurricane says that, and he brought it up every week. For like a month trying to reassure everybody that wasn't the case but there's a story i've heard about that feud is that whenever they were doing rehearsal the rock kept flubbing his lines when they wanted to record it so they would do it live and the rock he they would do it live so they could do it the way they wanted to so that the rock could give the um uh, you know could give the lines to the hurricane and the hurricane won the feud yes he did he absolutely did. It was it was a great feud too. They could have done so much more with that because the crowd was hot for that. Oh, it was yeah, yeah, fun. Yeah, he was very over. And it was I remember that was in one of those really dry times that was really terrible and that was there was about like I think a 4 week period where that was the only thing to even bother with. Yeah. On TV. Yeah, pretty much cuz everything else was in this like you said, dry spell. In uh, in recent Hurricane news, I, he uh, he just wrestled a match against Marty Skrull, um, 
<laughs> and I don't. I, I guess it happened like Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I I haven't really heard like how the match was, but they the um the promotion for it I thought was genius because uh, Skrull's whole gimmick is that he's you know he's the villain. So mm-hmm. they uh, they were hyping it up as the hero versus the villain and playing up like the comic book aspects of it. And I saw, I saw some really good like promotional artwork where it's like uh, Skrull. It, it's basically like comic book art style where they had Hurricane versus Skrull um, like posters that happened. And it's, it's just it looked really, really cool. Like it was very, very clever. That's kind of like what they did with the um, the. Uh Neville Amell versus uh, Stardust Barrett at that SummerSlam, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, because the, that was excellent too. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, Matt, do you, do you have another one you'd like to bring up? I do. Um, I, uh, I might be stealing Brad's thunder on because it's a that I know he's quite fond of, as am I. Um, going back to the '80s on this one. <laughs> I'm gonna let this play for a little bit because I want to hear the uh-huh. the song, the, the lyrics kick on. Yeah. <laughs> this is a really super underrated. Was this another Johnson creation? Uh, that might have been it. Yeah, it might have been. What a great, what a great theme song. It's such a heel song too. Oh yeah, and and they were really playing it up. It's one of those things that if you were to take it outside of the wrestling venue, you'd be like, "This is so stupid," but it fits the setting perfectly. Well, the the best songs are the ones too that like give you the entire character's story in the arc of the song, which that does. Yeah, well, okay, let's see. What should be next on our... There are some that are going to kind of go without saying, but we're going to say them anyway, right? So I'm going to I'm going to hit one of the less obvious ones right now because I'm a giant mark. Um so I'm going to go ahead and hit play. Oh. Oh yeah, there you go. Mhm. This is another one that I I like just as a song but then like I said I'm such a mark for for Wyatt that you know I like it too it for me you know there's a story about how he picked that they were down in NXT and they someone came in and said listen we just got a whole new batch of music in then you know you guys need to come in and pick your stuff and someone's you know he's doing this interview about it and he said most guys were in there in and out like 10 minutes like pick some generic rock singing and said yeah that's me he spent two and a half days going through the music in that library before he found that like he put in the work to find this and i think it's great you you combine it with the lantern entrance and the fireflies and all that kind of stuff and it is it just fits perfectly 
So, yeah. you know, Bray Wyatt's... Go ahead, man. Shad, as, uh, as soon as you started playing that, I turned off all my lights and turned on my big lights. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great song. Um, in, that's another one, like, again, like, I feel like a really successful theme song. You have that, like, opening little bit of sound that people instantly know who's coming out, and then, you know, they, they get all excited and mark out for it. Um, as an aside, like, I know that we can we can discuss like probably an entire podcast how they've how they used and misused the Wyatt family. Mm-hmm. The first like uh, like vignette they they showed on Raw back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, you know, promoting their their coming to the main roster. I still think is like such an amazing actually uh, segment. Oh yeah, one where he's uh where Wyatt's sitting he's there in the rocking chair and. Uh, talking so, about like people are liars and everything like that. Yeah, and then you have a uh, Harper and Rowan talking about when they start walking upright. It's like I you don't even know what they're saying, but it sounds just really like evil. Yeah, it sounded like crazy cult people, right? Yeah, did who to thunk? Who to thunk? Yeah, and the um the mania live entrance when they did that. And Mark Crozer and the Rells were playing that live. Okay, if you get a live band playing your entrance and you're not named The Undertaker at Mania, you're losing. That's That seems to be the law. But that entrance was so cool, and I enjoyed it so much with the plague masks and everybody playing and like working really hard at it. It was good stuff. It was good stuff. All right. Matt, what do you have next? Uh, this is actually again going back into the vault. Um, okay. He his run there was uh, <laughs> overall not great, but I remember as a kid hearing this theme, and I actually always loved it. It always like hyped me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now the cowbells. the common man if you will gotta have that cowbell baby that that just you started playing that and i started like air cowbelling at my desk <laughs> if you you bob your head to it yeah <laughs> it's it's one of those things it's it's so silly and so goofy unless you look at it in the setting it's supposed to be in it has mm-hmm. that hook to it that i think a lot of the really successful songs have yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it doesn't say anything about polka dots in it is the big downfall, right? If you think that's a downfall. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, Dusty Roads. Just. So I have man. one where I think the the music and the entrance is probably better than the actual wrestler that possesses them. So why don't we go uh-huh. that? Uh huh. So, funny side story about this. 
I could get to turn off. Um, the Nashville Predators use that for their playoff music. Really? And the team comes okay. out like between periods to that. Okay, I've got a I've got another funny story about that music. Check this out. That was not that specifically, but the original version of that was what they wanted. They had originally written for Nakamura, and Nakamura said that doesn't fit. Can we work something else? So they reworked it into a Queen style thing for Bobby Roode. Yeah, because Nakamura is more like a rock karaoke guy. He's a yeah with Michael Jackson a, he's overtones, a, like a glam rock guy. I would call him. It's, I think that's I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I feel like he's just really hard to categorize on that. Yeah, so his his music is honestly just really unique. I think I'm going to go a little double feature here with I think. Probably their best. Uh, this is my last one for the night too. I think their best pairing up a character with their music. Maybe um, it's probably it's probably one of their best pairings ever. And um, we'll go with that next if I pick the right one. So forgive me if it's all right. right. Absolutely, yeah. So have it? Did either of you guys ever get to see Bailey? Um, in NXT. Yeah, I watched I some of it. Yeah, I saw her live. Um, at one of the actually, I think it was the Oscar match she had. Um, at the the NXT Takeover in Dallas. So, um, when I've, I saw her live twice in NXT, the first time I don't remember well, but the second time was kind of like the height of her rising to like that Sasha match. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I can compare the audience anticipation to when they knew she was coming out was like right before a Goldberg match. Like you could just feel the like the the whole like building just tensing up and then that music hits and like just the place explodes. Oh yeah. It is it, that was actually on my list too. Her music fits perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's so good, and and, and the little it makes flappy guys coming up. Is she the just... wacky waving inflatable arm flailing two men? <laughs> yes. yes, wacky waving inflatable arm flailing. Yes, I love that. Just that whole entrance to me is we have you have somebody that not only do you want to cheer for, but you feel good cheering for them. So I love that so much. I, I'm of the opinion there's not enough of those in wrestling. Okay. <clears throat> Matt, do you do you have another pick you'd like to put out there? Uh yeah, I'll go with this one. This is a uh this is a modern one and I actually it's it's probably not a theme song. Um but I feel like it should at least get thrown into the contention. Mhm. Uh, it's a uh... Hello, I am Elias. And you're going to remember this forever. (laughs) Yeah. This was like number two on the iTunes list for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, it was actually ranked on iTunes. 
Um, and this particular song uh, from his EP is called uh, "The Ballad of Every Town I've Been t- I've Ever Been To," um, and it's it's actually a very clever song. Um, it's basically him naming songs and talking about how just they're all trash and you know they they're not they're not worthy enough to uh, to listen to him sing and perform. But it's I, that's the only song I've heard from the. Uh, from his little EP, but it is a hilarious song. And I, I am actually a huge Elias fan. Like I think that he, he's, they have a really great act with him. They do. You, uh, you know, I didn't even <clears throat> like him at first, but there, because I don't think I quite got it like right away, but that second it clicked for me. Like there is, there's so much brilliance to like his facial expressions and how he reacts to things. Like I think if, I think that, if they don't have him as a world champion within the next three years with like a serious run, they're misusing him. He was someone who no one really liked him um, when he was, you know, the drifter and uh, Elias Sampson in, in NXT. And then they brought him up to the main roster. And to me, it, I, 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 the odds were very likely that he'd be one of those guys like they bring up and then they never do anything with. Like, for, for example... Have they done anything with No Way Jose? Like, do you even see that guy on TV? No, not. Really. Yeah. So, but for some reason, and I think this is kind of like an outlier because I don't really feel like it usually works this way, but he actually got better when they brought him up. Like, he it clicked. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know his like whole persona clicked. Like he and he's someone who it's not just like the gimmick that they're giving him with. Like, he actually he. He understands the gimmick. He understands the character, and his charisma and interacting with the fans is like tremendous. I think. I think the highest compliment I could. Um, I think decent worker in the ring. Go ahead. I was gonna say that I think the biggest compliment I could pay him is that if he came to if he came and headlined at the local comedy club, I would pay to go see his act in a comedy club. Yeah, he's actually again. He's got a lot of charisma. He's he's funny. The thing he's quick witted. Yeah, yeah. What I have heard is that while he was doing that in NXT, the story I've heard. So grain of salt, but Triple H told him, "Look, it's not working right now, but this is going to be gold on the main roster." And you know the hipster douche who takes out his guitar and forces everybody to listen to him to play. Mm-hmm. Most people have met somebody like that, and so it's 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 great. I agree with you. That's <laughs> you just play that that opening strum. And it's like, oh my god, he's the last thing. Okay, I have. Um, well, I was going to get a few of the. Uh, I call them gimmies out of the way. Um, just try and do them in real quick succession, if you guys are okay with that. Yeah, I'm good mm-hmm. with that. Okay. I sure hope this is the right one that I'm clicking on. So, all right, here we go. This will be the first one I'm playing. I like how I'm the only one that got hit with an ad. Well, I don't know. It's, it's just I wish stock, I had a good answer. It's for just it, stock but. music because do you bit of trivia if you can answer it, who used this music before Goldberg and WCW? I was gonna say the history channel, but 
No, there, someone used this in WCW before Goldberg debuted. I don't I feel know. like I should know this. I feel like this you're, is trivia that I should know. You'll kick yourself when I say it. It was Pat Tanaka. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. It's just stock music. I don't know why they do it. And it pisses... I don't, I don't know either. It pisses me off because if you... You can't get a good judge of, like, the pop when he beats Hogan for the title because they have their crappy version of it laced over it and because they do sh- such a crap job editing you can't hear the crowd when they edit new music in oh wow okay yeah that that would be that's oh that sucks yeah they're really bad about mixing those all right so another gimme so you're saying that was originally the uh the theme song for el gato <laughs> i think it was just pat tanaka <laughs> That's a callback, uh, ladies and gents, (laughs) to our Great American Bash 96 review. That's an excellent callback. Um, I know it had been used in some documentaries on the History Channel, too. Yeah, I think they used it for some more stuff in the the 90s. Why they wouldn't, but... Okay. You know, it's Goldberg. It's so identified with him, but... I always thought it was cool how he, he, he could... He would inhale like the pyro, and it looked like he was breathing smoke when he'd come out. Yeah, that's that's seriously. Well, I mean, the reason that he he doused himself in water before he went out there is so he wouldn't get burned when he did it. But that was always seriously badass. And then yeah. he comes out and does that on WWE TV. And the announcers freak out over it. And it's just so cool. I liked how he legitimately would headbutt the door, too. And, like, half the matches, he'd have a little spot in his head where he, like, cut his head yeah. on the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... <laughs> There's a story about that, but I think it'd be too long for what we're doing right now. But, yeah, great, great music for him. The whole entrance was amazing. Okay, this is another gimme. So... <clears throat> We'll see if I get hit with an ad on this one. You're about to. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And not the crappy WWF. Well, the thing is, putting the woo at the beginning was them trying to catch that same... Um, no, if you... If you... Um, if you... If you listen to when he was there in the early '90s, they oh. they did like that that cheat thing where they sample it and then they just change a couple of notes around so okay. that it's not copyright infringement. So it's the but that's that that song's how old is that? It's it's like but there's it's like a it's like a Franken version like it's wrong if you listen to yeah. to his WWF stuff. Yeah, well, you know. It's it's Ric Flair. It's an epic, epic music for guy who has a reputation that's frankly epic. What one slight digression here is one of the things I loved about WWF games on the NES and the um sixteen bit days is during the matches when whoever was in control it would do like the um the chip tune version of their wrestling music. Mm-hmm. I always enjoyed that about those games, even if the gameplay was crappy. All right. Now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to hit another 
you could almost call it a gimme, but the truth is I'm I'm going for a particular version. Other other songs that this guy had were good, but I'm going with this one specifically. So Oh yeah. Yes. And the thing that I love about this sting music so much is after they get a little bit into it, the drums kick in. So I'm gonna let it play for just a second. But this was Crow Sting. And after the build up to it. F four there we go. Yeah. Oh man. That's that's good you, stuff. You know what pisses me off about this one though? Is remember when remember when they announced him for the video game? And like he had mm-hmm. no one knew he signed with WWE and it's this it's this orchestra playing his music and you see like shadows of him walking around and then you see yeah. the the orchestra stop and they look back and they all have this thing face paint on. Oh, it was so cool. Why did they waste that yeah. on a video game commercial and not him coming to the W like like a real debut? That should have been his mania entrance. Seriously, but instead of the weird yeah. Tycho drum thing we got. But that that should have been his mania entrance. But that that is one of the coolest commercials ever is just them stopping and all of these people looking back and they have the crow face paint on. Yeah, like he stops and looks back over his shoulder, and you see the crow face paint, and then the, the rest of the orchestra looks back, and it's the same thing. And that was so cool. And what's it was the best? They've done a good job with some of those commercials. And if you yeah. if you can find it with the raw audio mixed in, and just hear the crowd like absolutely explode when they do that. Yeah. And then oh, boo man. because they realize it's a video game commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chad, let me uh, let me play this one in response to that. All right. Yep. No classic. Yes. The man called Sting was. Oh yeah. That, that's what I was saying. Is I, I. That that one was really good because people knew what it was, and mm-hmm. you know the refrain was that it was about Sting. The reason that I picked the Crow one. Is because we had, I don't know what, it, we had like a year of build for Sting's return. And then once, once we had the, uh, once we had music for it, all you had to hear was that opening, I'm not sure if it's violin or cello, but that opening string. And the entire building lost their mind. It was so cool and so good, and I will maintain that it is just one of the best things, uh, the best entrance music. So I, d- I did fib. I do have one more for th- the night. Go for this it. This is a special shout-out to Matt because he'll appreciate this one. Okay. It takes a second to get going. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh yeah. It's one of my favorites and I forgot about it. Do you do you know what it is, Chef? This is a good yeah, this is a good one. Yes. I cannot put my finger on it. <laughs> it's a it's the Freebirds WCW music. Oh we're on, we're on Bad Street USA. Bad yeah. Street. This one is truly great. Mm-hmm. There it is. <laughs> I think that's Michael yes. Hayes singing too. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it absolutely is. That's a really good one too. I, I, I was just sitting here thinking like, oh yeah, like I forgot Bad Street USA. Yeah, that one. That's a good pick. That's one that gets stuck in your head too. You'll be watching some show and I'll play, and then the next day you're sitting at work and you're. It's just humming it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have okay. a, I got like one more honorable mention, I think. Uh-huh. Um, not one that necessarily like grabs you that you're immediately going to be like, oh my God, I love that one. But I always liked this one, uh, partly because I was a big fan of the guy, but I always thought it was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Here, I'll play right now. All right. Oh, yeah, good one. There's no lyrics to this thing. It's all instrumental. This is a good one. Do you recall this one, uh, Chad? I know it, but I don't. It's Jake Here, let me do my. Yeah, that let me do my. I was, was going to do my Howard Finkel from Stone Mountain, Georgia. <laughs> Oh, maybe that's something that we ought to. After we've we've ridden the the Epico joke into the ground, or he he <laughs> answers us at some point, maybe we ought to try and hit up like Anderson and Gallows and get them to do their their Finkel you know impression as our intro or something. You know what? You know what? WWF title changes just are not the same without him announcing like your new. The new, and new. Yeah. He, the emphasis World on new wrestling. is amazing. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's almost as if the crowd would like hold its breath. And then when he would be like, and new. And like then they would just explode. Because yeah. when, when he said it was it was official. Yeah, that's so, exactly right. And, and one of my favorite calls of him ever is um, SummerSlam 88 when the honky tonk man comes out. And, like, you hear, like, Warrior kind of gets cut off because he's, like, fleeing the ring as he's calling it. Oh, man. I'd want to go back and watch that. It's it's on YouTube. It's only, like, two minutes because he... Yeah. It's just, it's been a while. Okay. I have an oddball pick. So, hang with me. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play my oddball pick. <clears throat> Let's see here. Wait, no. No idea, right? It's TJP. Yeah. So, TJP. I am. I like the music. I do not like his little act he does while he comes out to this. It's a little too try-hard for my tastes. I think that's fair, but I think it is... When it comes to the music, it is 
very it's unique from everything else on the roster and you know it's got a touch of nostalgia in it for that 8-bit stuff too I enjoy that a lot that's that's fun Um, you know because it's that unique aspect it can't be anybody else when that hits right who else could it be Okay. Okay, guys, I'm I've, I'm gonna take us out on a high note tonight. Oh, I was gonna. I've got I've got three. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. What what else we got, Shad? Okay. I'm not going to play it for one of these because there's too many choices, but I'm kind of of the opinion that Hulk Hogan has always had great entrance music. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Real American or Voodoo Child, it's that's just been excellent, right? So I'm not going to sit here and play that because... You know, his... Because we also talked about his Japan with the piano and the Hulk chanting stuff, too. Yeah. I think... Um... There's something there is there is something that to this day that is still awesome and cool about Michael Buffer calling him with Voodoo Child playing and him air guitaring oh, yeah. the spray painted oh. belt. Yes. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Like there's something there's something that's always inherently uncool about wrestling that wasn't true for a very brief period in the 90s and it started yeah. with with that well yeah that was fantastic that was really cool okay quick this is more of a modern one but I'll honestly say that well I'll just go ahead and play it because I love this I think Samoa Joe's music is amazing. Even going back to TNA, it, he had good music. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, there's a story about there's a band that he liked that had this like Godzilla-inspired thing to it. And so he would go to whoever was doing the music and say, I want something like this. And that's how we kind of got this Godzilla-inspired thing on in both companies for him. So... You know, I, th- I, I love that. I think it's amazing. Okay. I like that. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it. The one, I think it was the, f- it was like their, fr- I think it was victory. No, it was when he fought Liger in TNA where he came out with his family and they did like their dance troupe routine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause they, they were all doing the, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Cause fun fact, if, Samoa Joe wouldn't have been a professional wrestler. He would have been a dancer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And well, he did that in some of his TNA matches. Like there were they, there were people out there doing that with his music, and he'd stop and do it with them. Yeah. So that was cool. All right. This one's kind of a gimme. Honestly, it's kind of cheating whenever you get to write your own theme music, but. Let's be honest, this is, it's impossible to have a list like this and not include it. Yeah. 
Matt, you've gone quiet. Have we offended you? No, I, I actually thought about adding this one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, my lasting impression of this music is when he was the surprise 30th entrance in Madison Square Garden at the Royal Rumble, and the crowd mm-hmm. absolutely lost its mind. Mm-hmm. And you, you know how you can tell the difference between him and Roman Reigns with the booing? Is when you when a when a John Cena appearance catches the crowd by surprise, they forget to boo him. Yeah, like when he came out at Mania to help The Rock, they forgot to boo him. Yeah, well, his music hits, and it it you know it's got that short, real short build until it kicks off into high gear, and God, you know. That hits, and even when people are, you know, even when people were sick of seeing him, they'd boo for that. But then when it would kick into high gear, they'd shut up for about two seconds until it got to the horn part. Dun, 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 dun. They, they didn't, like, it, it kind of dropped off in that. So, but like I said, when you get to write your own, it's kind of cheating. Yeah, <laughs> and he had, um, he had one of my favorite United States title belts ever. And the black spinner belt? Yes. I thought that worked for the U.S. title. I didn't like it for the world title. It didn't but... work for the U.S. title because they kept it after people stole it. Like, after people won it from him. Like, it made sense when Edge had it, but it was dumb when they just, like, kept having it and kept having it. I loved... There was a um, a promo that Rob Van Dam did. He goes, you know, I've got a lot to be happy about right now. I've got two belts on my shoulder. I'm the world heavyweight champion. And look, this other one spins. That that one is great. <laughs> and I loved on some of the Raw vs. SmackDown games, you could hit a button and make it spin. <laughs> God. Yeah, I I thought it was fine. It was like the, the smoking skull belt for Austin or the bull belt for The Rock. It was fine while that person had it. But you put it on somebody else, and it looked just unbelievably gaudy. You, that was, and it didn't fit. I loved when the Ultimate Warrior would have the intercontinental strap color matches, or the world title. Like the strap color would be the same as like whatever his tights were. Yeah, that was really, really cool. I was kind of surprised he was able to get them to agree to it. But I've always had a preference for the intercontinental title having a white strap. It just looks better. It sets it apart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Chad, uh, thank you for including um, Christy Petrillo's older brother in this uh, <laughs> in this compilation. What did I do? That's a uh, that's an inside joke. Uh, oh, okay. For, uh, for uh, the Zach Malibu. Okay, I got you. I got you. Um, All right. You know. Uh, that is a great theme. Um, one thing that just as a side note that uh, back when Vine was an actual thing, I loved that people would make like memes of that John Cena theme. Yeah. Um, by including it uh, in like little videos, and it would just be like it's John Cena, and then the, oh. the music would hit. Yeah, it Have was you seen based those? out of that. Um, it was based out of that radio gag that somebody yeah. did. And the thing that always amused me about those videos is they were using the crappy quality of it, so it would distort during the loud parts. So, you know, you watch the video, and I thought that was even funnier. 
my favorite wrestling related meme of all time is always the out of nowhere RKO RKO videos. Oh, those are great. My, my f- especially with the commentary because you get that you get that bet you get that second of Michael Cole goes here it comes and then you hear Taz go watch out watch out watch out. My my <laughs> my favorite of those guys is that guy jumping from like that that um, balcony in the like the Belgian Parliament and then Orton just like gets him. <laughs> oh man! Now I want to go back and find a compilation of those. There's a compilation of those. See, here's the problem: we can't listen to that anymore. No, we can't. We can't. Yeah, we really, that. Whenever you hear that music for us, yeah. Whenever you hear that music, it means that Randy Orton is uh, exposing himself yes. somewhere. Yeah, to some poor writer in the writing room. <laughs> whenever that. Are you big licking me? Yeah. Big looking hey, me, shake my hand. Yeah, boy, boy did all right. So, um, boy, did I call that one right because no one remembered that after the Dave Meltzer thing. No, pretty much. Pretty much. All right. I don't think people here's what I'm gonna do. The Dave Meltzer thing now. I don't know. Do. I'm gonna close this out with the the last one, and the reason I'm gonna close this out with this is that most people will make the argument that this is the best wrestling gimmick ever and a big part of that is the music oh yeah you know I like the second version of this where they did like a a more ethereal kind of instrument to it like right before he went to the hard rock version of it you know what honestly all of the versions I think work oh this is the second version of it yeah. You know, how much reaction do you get just from the sound of one bell going off? That's amazing. Yeah. And yet, everything that goes into the Undertaker stuff, all of it just just piles into that. And the... Um, his his mania entrance when he comes out and they've got he's on the ramp but they've got the people on the sides of the ramp and like the hands reaching up and oh man there's just people get goosebumps just hearing that music somewhere not even like being there for an entrance I've never seen a taker entrance live but man I've I'd be willing to bet seen one. And yeah, I've I've seen it once and and people erupted. I've seen it once yeah. because when I was going to a lot of like when he was really active, he was and I was going a lot. He was the American badass, which wasn't yeah. cool. Yeah. You notice I didn't put any of that music on the list. I will say though, because it's happened to me numerous times, I hated Kane's old entrance because it would scare the hell out of you. <laughs> oh, it's just the pyroblast goes yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually, I actually bought tickets uh, for SmackDown, SmackDown's 1000th show, which apparently is uh, happening in DC. Oh, that's cool. Oh, really? Um, and the, and so far, I don't know if this will actually happen, but I guess it could happen considering it's like the thousand show. It's actually a show of significance. Um, they, they so far are actually marketing Taker as being there. So hopefully I can see He's going to be at that Australia show. Mm. Yeah, well, so it, he uh, he might actually show up. So it'll be, it'll be, be fun uh, to watch that live. 
we're going to be looking for for that insider scoop of you attending there, Matt. We got to hear about this. You know, I just yeah. I can't do TV anymore. You just sit around too much and for too long. Okay, I went weird. to yeah, I Go went ahead. to a raw. Sorry to cut you off. I went to a raw with my with my wife, and you know that's we're in the three hour era, and it it was a little much. Well, because they tape something before that, don't they? Uh, I think they tape what is it main event? Yeah, which I mean, that's that's tolerable because it's only like a couple matches maybe. But see, what I hated is like back in the day when you'd go to a SmackDown when it was still taped, they'd make you sit through like the commercial breaks anyway. Oh wow, that sounds really annoying. It was the stuff I have been to. I have not had the good fortune to be able to go to TV events. Everything I've been to has been house show stuff. See, so this might make me sound spoiled, but I would kill for them to have more house shows in my city because I would go to those instead of TV. They have a lot of fun at house shows. Um, I got to see, I remember there was a house show when it was during the time that Carlito and Shelton were feuding. And they're goofing around trying new spots. And that was also a show where Chavo Guerrero was trying out the Kerwin White gimmick. Oh my god! Oh my. That was, Oof. what's the best way I can put it? Confusing as shit. Wasn't, um, Dolph Ziggler was his caddy, wasn't he? Yes. I don't remember. But it was confusing. But see, that's the beauty. Like, if you ever, if you ever have the chance to go to an NXT thing, they have you in and out in two and a half hours. No, that's nice. And like, you're not sitting there. It's just one match after the other. That's that's nice. Yeah. Well, guys, I believe that we have kind of hit the end of our rope on theme music tonight because. After a point, there's just not a whole lot more to talk about with it. We can say, yeah, that's good. I like that. That fits the character and that sort of stuff. But I don't know if we'd have anything else to add right now. So, with that being said, <clears throat> remember, hit us up on social media. Uh, if you don't remember what it is, rewind to the beginning of the... No. We're on Facebook. We're on uh, Twitter. Hit us up and... Um, We'd love to hear from you. And this is Shad. I'm here with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth. We'll see you next time.